Creative Connectors, a podcast for curious minds. My name's Vicky Keeler, and I'll be chatting to the makers and creators who aim to connect and inspire through the platform of festivals. We'll be delving into how they show up in the world, why they do what they do, their journey, inspiration, and everything in between. So sit back and enjoy the chat, because who knows where these conversations are going to go. And if this is your kind of podcast, please subscribe, follow, share with friends, and get involved and give some feedback. In today's episode, we're going to be speaking to Matt Backhouse. He is one of the directors from Jitep Festival in Thailand. So thanks for coming on and having a chat, Matt. Yeah, thanks for having me. Nice to talk to you. I should say this is probably a very northern session, as you might guess from Matt's accent. He's also from the UK, but he is based in Thailand. I reckon a good place to start is probably your journey in becoming one of the directors of JITEP Festival and what you do around the festival because they're two very different worlds that you play in and it seems like it's kind of a bit of a random journey that you went on to get there. So yeah, if you could tell us a bit about that, that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. A random is the word. Um, So I've actually been, I've been living in Thailand um, for the last 11 years, like you say, I'm originally from the north of England and my wife and I, who's, who's also from the same area, we came over to Thailand 11 years since to start working, uh, volunteering in animal welfare charities. So we we originally came to do that. We we volunteered a, a few years ago and then we decided to make that our sort of permanent um, work choice, like life choice. So we brought our two cats from the UK. We came over to Thailand and over the last 10 years, we've incrementally sort of specialized and started working for for, for different animal charities to the point now where I work for uh, an international charity called Four Paws and I focus a lot on straight animal management and care. So what that means is like sterilization and vaccination programs for street dogs and cats, um, mm-hmm. stray animal welfare, and also training and working with other small charities around the region to sort of capacity build and, and teach them how to be more impactful and helpful for animals. And my wife, Lindsay, who's also one of the directors for JITEP, she works for World Animal Protection, and she focuses a lot on captive animals, um, into, like elephants in zoos and, and riding camps and kind of captive mm. wildlife, basically. So, yeah, wow. yeah and it's that's the thing that, that both of us um, do full-time. So, you know, a full-time job and... Um, the, the way we ended up sort of connecting to JITEP was, was quite convoluted. So after working in the south of Thailand a few years ago for a charity, we got offered an opportunity to work for Humane Society in India. So this was running, um, like an, it was called the National Rabies Control Program. So effectively what that meant was we went to a rural state of Haryana in northern India and... Uh, Lindsay ran the, the clinic and the surgical side, which involved catching and sterilizing on average 100 to 150 stray dogs per day, every day, wow. which is mental. Um, yeah. And I ran the vaccination team, which on average we would aim to vaccinate around 1,000 dogs per day. So, wow. yeah, over the course of that year in India, we the, the program that we were managing collectively um, sterilized around 25,000 dogs and vaccinated more than 90,000. So it was a huge undertaking, um, but it was incredibly difficult, like personally and professionally, just, just living in that environment and working in, in a very hostile and challenging yeah, situation. 
So we did a year there, and by the end of that, you know, my, both of us were kind of personally and professionally burnt out. Like, we really needed mm. a break. We needed to, to leave India, and we decided to come back to Thailand, to Chiang Mai, because we had a couple friends here, and we'd lived near here once before. So it felt kind of familiar and safe, and we could help, you know, we could have friends help us find a house and, and somewhere for our dogs to stay. Um, so we came back, and we, we effectively just took a, a break from work for a few months um, to but honestly have a bit of a breakdown <laughs> just yeah. for me i just chill I had out. A, yeah <laughs> chill out melt down like um collapse into the floor Rebuild. and cry into the aircon <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah it was it was a very intense sort of challenging time but it was necessary and i'm really grateful for it because these these hard experiences are the the things that when you look back on they're the foundation for all the other stuff that becomes difficult in life and yeah, you can they build the resilience exactly yeah but you don't really realize that at the, at the time where <laughs> you're just going, yeah. why is this so hard? Um, <laughs> so through a couple of mutual friends, we, you know, I, I went on a, a visa run and I started happening, talking to the, the girl I was sat next to on the van who said, oh, I'm part of this group and we're trying to put on a festival. It's really cool. You should come. Um, and I, you know, I mentioned it when I got home to Lindsay and, and a couple of other friends of ours said, oh yeah, there's this, this thing called JITEP. It's the first time they're going to be doing this one day festival um, yeah, let's go. It'll be cool. So we went um, as as just guests for the, the very first one, um, which was a one-day event, which was held just outside of Chiang Mai. Um, and I actually had a bit of a, a semi-panic attack meltdown because I'd been so used to being in rural India. Um, yeah. A load of hippies bouncing around a field was um, was a little overwhelming. So I spent most of my time in the car park having a little meltdown. Um, but Lindsay had an amazing time, um, and it was it was such a lovely event. It was a it was really. I hadn't ever been to anything like that. I'd, I'd never experienced anything um, that just seemed so open and welcoming and lovely. Because um, my only frame of reference for festivals prior to that, with the exception of Latitude in the UK, which is like a sort of comedy oh, yeah. arts festival, I just went to metal festivals. And they're not that opening and welcoming, generally. No, probably a bit um, of a different vibe. A little bit, yeah. Um, you know, you just drink a lot and run into people, which is fun. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed that for a long time, but... Um, but that's not at JITEP then? Not quite. I'm working on it. I'm trying to get there. We had a little mosh pit last year because we had a couple of um, punk bands. We had a really cool band from Myanmar called um, Rebel Riot, who are a Burmese punk band. Um, so we had a bit of a mosh. That was good. Nice. So, yeah, the second year, um, as, you know, in Jaito, we sort of came and went. We had a lovely time. I managed to get out of the car park and back into the festival and really enjoyed um, <laughs> the evening. And from that, we, we kind of connected with a bunch of people that were involved. And we, it really had an impact on us. It was really so, so lovely and, and so different that through a couple of mutual friends, we said, oh, you know, when we found out it was happening again, we volunteered to help. You know, we said like, yeah, we'd love to come and help build a thing and, and make stuff because it was very and is still very community centric. The people that put JITEP on, like especially back then and, and to a large degree now, but with the exception of COVID um, scattering people, it's we, we live here all the time. You know, it's people that live in Chiang Mai, love Chiang Mai. And even though like everywhere there's a degree of transience of people that come and go to the city, there's a consistent core of people that, that live here, and it's like a labor of love for, for friends who live in Chiang Mai. Yeah, nice. So the second 
The second time it was held was another one-day event. So we helped kind of building a stage, um, just, you know, building, working, doing some decor and some art, um, and had no real responsibility with the running of it. Um, and the then when it kind of went up a gear was 2018, which is the first time we did a three-day version of the festival. And so, you know, as, as I'm sure you know and people listening probably when you go from one day to three day it kind of exponentially makes it so much more challenging um and so we we were involved and we were helping and and as it kind of started to roll into the weekend it just became i I found i had the capacity to help more and so Mm -hmm. i ended up you know kind of you know through my own choice and through sort of a manner of circumstance just needing to show up and kind of help out because we were understaffed and, there was, you know, there was a lot of things happening. And so I just kind of put myself forward to help my friends who were the main organizers kind of get get through the weekend and work as hard as I could. Um, and, you know, it's one of those where, like, I, I like to help, you know, I work in charities and I, I like to work hard. So it kind of felt like a natural thing to just, things are going... Chip in. Yeah, exactly. Just muck in. Chip you know? in, graft a bit, yeah. help people out. You know. There you go. Bit of northern work ethic coming through. <laughs> um, not expecting any money, but you're doing it because you care about. Like the reason that I do it, and the reason I still do it, is because I love the people that I do it with. Yeah, the nice. kind of the end result and the outcome. It, it it's important, but for me, that's not the core of why I personally do it. Um, yeah. Okay. So then. Yeah, after that year, the, um, the, the four friends who sort of pioneered it and really got it to that point had needed to kind of have a little time out and, and have, a, have a break because it's a lot, right? To, to do something mm. like this, everybody works. Nobody does this for the money. Like, um, everybody's doing it as their kind of passion project, to, to use a kind of overused phrase, but it, it best describes it. You know, it's yeah. evenings, weekends, free time, and it becomes all-consuming for the people that that are at the, the core of it. Um, so yeah, How many people make up the collective? I mean, it varies, right? So like our management management team like would, is 10 people, but the sort of wider community, I would say of like core people would be 30, 40 people that are always around, sort of consistent. Um, but a lot of them don't necessarily live in Chiang Mai all the time. But you'd have a real, a good sort of 30 to 40 that are like, always always in it um to some degree or other and again it's a process of it's an evolution of of individuals as well like as a as people individually the the experience of running a festival is um formative and it changes you for for the good and for the bad but it really reveals you know it kind of strips you down and reveals what there is to see Mm. and what capacity you have and then to do that as a group and to kind of work together to to keep moving forward and understand what you can do what you can't do what you don't want to do what's too much how you can rise to a challenge you know and sort of overcome difficult things it's been really nice to do that collectively and see how that that kind of changes people over time um it's been really good so yeah so then 2019 yeah, it's it's lovely, um, and it's hard, you know. 
Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's hard organizing things and organizing lots of people and making sure everybody's safe and having a good time. So, yeah, I guess the more people you've got and the more, like you say, you can ebb and flow to, you know, somebody might need to take some time out or et cetera. I think that's a, a really... You know, it's a it's a, a good approach and it's realistic because not everybody can be full pelt all the time. Exactly. One thing I had to realise was that exactly that 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 sort of whatever I consider to be my work ethic and my normal, that's unique to me and that's unfair to mm. project onto other people. So I might choose to drive myself into the ground. It doesn't mean it's healthy or right. <laughs> it's just what I choose <laughs> yeah. to do, um, and that's not necessarily fair for everybody else. So what's been brilliant and one of the sort of the principles of our like core community has been these honest, open conversations as a group using almost like structured conversation models mm. and, and manners of communication, like nonviolent communication and these other kind of intentional conversations where you really kind of get beyond. It's, it's not a business where we have employees and somebody makes a mistake and you say, OK, you know, three strikes and you're out it doesn't work like that because we're like a family in a community so we all stay when the festival's done we still live near each other um and so you have to have these honest conversations as it's happening if somebody's having a hard time like we need to kind of figure it out you know as we go and that's been one of our main things like we don't we we don't want to just be a festival that's hiring in experts to make money and just to do a thing and then and you know go home at the end of the day with with money in the bank like that's not what it's about um we want to pay people and we want to we want to have a good and successful event and make sure the people that support us and care about us and work hard are compensated fairly but it's more about making sure the the emotional integrity and the sort of the the feeling Mm. which is one of those sort of nebulous terms, right? But the the sense of inclusion and safety and community, like that has to be there. Like for me, I think that's what JITEP is, that that kind of spirit of, of safety and welcoming um, within our group and extend that to our guests and extend that to the people that we connect with um, and have that as a sort of a touchstone to keep coming back to. Yeah, nice. So yeah, in 2019, then I, it's myself and I, a bunch of others what you know these these kind of four original um friends who, who still maintain invo- involvement and really help and really work hard for us still like it wouldn't be possible without them like then and now um it's just like you say sometimes you need to sort of take a break or take a little back seat for a while so then yeah 2019 and 2020 myself and a group of others kind of um stepped into that that role to kind of keep it moving forward and, and kind of help JITEP keep sort of growing and evolving like not growing necessarily in number of patrons but just in you know our sort of um like the the kind of quality of of the event that we put on um yeah sort of fine-tuning it year on year and kind of like finessing oh this bit was great but we could do it like this next year it's sort of like just building on those foundations but to your point not always building doesn't always have to mean mass growth exactly it's it's a question of like efficiency and and execution almost like to do the best version of our festival that we can um Mm. and it's been brilliant because we've had so many other people that have kind of 
um, migrated towards JITEP over you know, the last few years and have also become consistent. People like Holland, who I know you spoke to on another episode, yep. who's been such a sort of wonderful addition because his kind of expertise and creativity and more than anything, he we kind of like you know use this thing like oh he's very JITEP you know that that to us is our kind nice. of nice um, <laughs> okay you pass the entrance test you know like and yeah. he's he's such a good person and, and there's him and so many others as well um, that work in different areas and kind of um, it's like a sort of pilgrimage to Chiang Mai once a year you know where they come yeah, and nice. sort of um, we feel connected with with JITEP people even though they're not here all the time but bringing those added sort of dimensions of people who have skills and, and really like very creative, interesting people who are on our wavelength and want to come and contribute. And, you know, um, that's been really cool. And we learn so much from them as well. We learn, mm. you know, we're a young festival and the majority of people in our community that are sort of the, the core of it, we're not festival organizers. I mean, we are because we're doing it, but... I can catch a stray dog. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can catch a stray festival attendee. I mean, the principles apply. <laughs> I still have my net in the van. But, you know, it's like a different kind of skill set. Um, yeah. It's almost like there's not a specific, like, job that you could do before that's like, yes, that means you're, you'd be really good at, you know, organising a festival. It's kind of like, as long as you've got, like, hard work ethic, to your point, like, you're going to have to put in a lot of graft and you're good at solving problems you're probably going to fare pretty well. You probably also need to be very good at communication. Yeah, people have been doing completely different roles and then find themselves in this and then they're kind of using all their their tools and skills that they've learned in these other kind of different realms and then bringing it into a festival and applying it and creating these amazing spaces with a bunch of people who, you know, have a similar mindset or want to bring something similar to the world. And I think that's the magic of it it's like um no one was really having these conversations that's why i think it's fascinating to speak to different people as well to understand their perspectives their journeys you know no one would have thought oh you know matt who's part of part running a, a festival in thailand is also kind of helping you know all of these stray animals on the sideline i think a lot of the time people just think you know people run festivals and they're doing it full time and that's all that they do and there are some that do it, but there's a heck of a lot that aren't. And they're, they're kind of, as you say, doing it as a passion project in and around their everyday work. So it's, it's a lot on their plate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't, couldn't agree more. And it's, it's so interesting because there's such a diverse spectrum of, of people that make up our group and all of those skill sets. Like it would be impossible, you know, I kind of, I get, I often get like an imposter syndrome uh, of, of kind of why am I doing it and what, why I've ended up here. Um, and I think that's because it's, it, do, it does become a thing of people attach labels from an objective viewpoint. Oh, you're directing a festival, mm. you must do this, that and the other. No. Um, and again, it's, it's this collective effort. Like I can't sort of, it's to sort of bang that same drum like over and over without all of these other people and all the things that they can do in the eclectic array of, of skills and, and capacities that they have. It wouldn't happen. Jazz wouldn't even exist. Like the the inception of it and the idea of it wouldn't exist if it weren't for friends who were driven enough, you know, back in uh, 2017 to be like, I think we could do this. You know, I think we could do it. I don't know if I'd have been brave enough to start out like that. 
And I'd also don't think that without my exposure to, to Jaita, my, my, my own sort of personal journey and interaction with it, I don't know that I'd have ever done anything like this. Um, and I think my life would be the worst for it because mm. personally and professionally, this has been expansive and challenging almost more than anything else that I've done. But yep. the, all, the skills and the, the sort of... Um, lessons that I've learned personally through through this kind of baptism of fire into festival culture and um, the, the specifics of our sort of festival culture and all these lessons I've learned from the people that we work with and you know like people we, we have all these workshops and holistic kind of healing things that we offer it's like it's family friendly we have a kids area and um, we have different local bands international bands we have all this different stuff going on and there's so much to kind of learn from that that mm. I then translate back into my other work. Um, now, the one of the kind of cliches with animal welfare is that the majority of people that work in animal welfare do it because they don't really like humans. And that's kind of a trope that's, that's quite common. And yeah. I can relate, yeah. So I'm definitely quite antisocial uh, for a while. But the, the sort of strange fallacy of that is that animal welfare is you can only help animals by changing the behavior and the attitudes of humans. Like mm. that's it. Like the way that humans interact yep, with animals, so the way that humans interact with the planet, everything is centered around conversation, communication and exchanging ideas. Um, and also being respectful of other cultures whilst needing to acknowledge that, you know, maybe there are harms that are caused, but are perceived as harm by some people and not by others. Festivals, yep. another example, where some people look at festivals as, you know, a kind of um, just, just a, how can I phrase it? Like a kind Free of, yeah, like a, a sort of decadent, <laughs> indulgent kind of party weekend. Yeah. That you could look at that objectively and say, okay, you know, I can see why people would think that. And they don't realize the integrity and the work and the hardships and the sort of the community building that is that's the real truth of festivals that's why we have them because mm. it's kind of just for a few days you see how the world could be and then we want to with Jaita we want to kind of bring people into our little world just for a weekend of just community and connection and safety and all this sort of nice and having an awesome super fun time you know and you can take that away with you and sort of apply that a little bit day to day um but it's hard and it's I found though that like now the 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 challenges of dealing with with groups of people and, and working with friends and all these sort of conversational and emotional intelligence skills that get developed through something like this that translates back into my animal work and I'm much more competent at what I do there because I've learned all this other stuff and so then mm. you can kind of um there's like a a combination of of worlds you know that then start to interweave and interconnect with each other and I, I have transferable skills from both of my areas now that mutually benefit the other so I think that's Although, really cool I, mean, I kind of yeah I see it as you know festivals are these enriching experiences and it's unfortunate that you know, as you mentioned, people can have an object view or see it in just one lens. And I think there's so much to festivals and 
you know, I've said before, it, they've fundamentally changed me as a person um, in terms of how I behave, who I am, the journey that I've gone on. And you can't pinpoint every single thing that's come from a festival, but you know and you can feel it in the sense of how you feel and how comfortable you feel when you're in that environment and how much you long to be there and love being there. And then understanding how your behaviours kind of slightly change and tweak and evolve off the back of festivals. And I think it's just so interesting the impact that festivals can have on communities. And that's something that's often, yeah, not highly spoken about. Yeah. Um, whether it's the local community or even, you know, those communities that are travelling to go to a festival, um, everybody is impacted in some shape or form and enriched and yeah it, it, they offer so much to people and it's it just feels like it's this like unspoken about secret and and, and no one really has lots of those conversations and I, I kind of want to yeah lift the lid on that and it's interesting to hear how festivals have changed people's lives in different ways you know like from you having only experienced sort of metal festival environments and then going to JITEP and you know that's a a transition even in itself for that being the first festival that you've kind of experienced and then subsequently you end up being one of the directors of the festival like that's a an, an epic journey obviously you've spoken quite a bit about the sorts of stuff that people can expect at JITEP and I know when um, I chatted with Holland he spoke so highly of JITEP and and really um, not held you guys up on a pedestal but held you in very high regard in terms of what you're doing but it'd be great to hear yeah from the horse's mouth um and your perspective in terms of what you think makes you different or um yeah what's the kind of like future goal for JITEP other than just bringing people into your world like what does your your world involve kind of thing okay um well I am gonna thank Holland as well for for always being just just like we're, we're having this conversation because of Holland um, and yeah. connecting us up and I appreciate him very much so thank you Holland um, and it's also it's really nice to know that he that I hear this from other people as well that they they sort of talk about you know Jaisep in in high regard and that to me is like that's a sort of reassurance that we're doing something right you know it's it's that's an important thing to know that everybody that's in our group is, is the things we talk about the most are our kind of our ethics our values like the ethos behind why we're doing what we're doing um and that integrity is kind of front and center mm-hmm. it's it would be easy to take you know a load of corporate sponsorships kind of plaster um you know their kind of banners and logos all over everything and and kind of cash in and that is something we do not want to do which makes life harder but also that's the point right like the the point is to work at something with integrity because you you know easy money and just sort of taking you know kind of corporate money if you can repurpose that money for something good and reinvest it into the world in a more conscious way i'm all for it like i don't think that punk rock guilt is something that needs to inhibit people from being creative I remember hearing Henry Rollins talk about this, <coughs> excuse me, where it's like if if they're going to pay you to do your art and put something good out into the world, take their money. 
you know, like repurpose it and do good with it. Um, that being said, the I think the thing that makes Jitep sort of unique is how I talked about in the beginning, the people that make it are the people that live here year round. It's kind mm-hmm. of an, an extension and almost like a, it's like a hyper concentrated version of all the best bits of our community collected into a weekend. Um, so, you know, you can spend Jitep, you can spend it dancing through the night to, to techno and uh, ketapop and all these like interesting sounds of, of musicians and artists that maybe wouldn't get a platform both locally and internationally, we want to have... I mean, we're in Thailand, right? We're guests in this country, so we're very conscious of making sure that everything we communicate, everything we put out is is dual language. Like, it has to be. We have to be respectful to where we are. We want to make this an inviting and welcoming place for, for Thai uh, people as well because it it's an intro I mean the whole world of study about kind of cultural sensitivity of festivals in, in different cultures and we we are western people for the most part who are on the organizing group like our director and, and the company owner um, is Thai and we we have strong support and, and investment from like the local community that we work with but we want to make sure that this is something that is welcoming and interesting to, to people wherever you're from so we enjoy having that kind of cultural blend um, where people can exchange ideas and different things and maybe see something they haven't seen before. Equally, it's important for us to have the kind of holistic attitude that we, we take to it, which is that there shouldn't be anybody excluded from having a good time and finding some point of sort of development or connection or enjoyment through Jitep. So whether that's musical or artistic exposure like we we have lots of collaborative and interactive art throughout the festival so there's always an opportunity for people to express themselves and also mm, nice. give them permission to do something that maybe they wouldn't do before well yeah you're more you're more open aren't you yeah exactly like at a lot of our events we we'd have like a collaborative art piece which is generally like, you know like a, a big wooden board where um one of our kind of artists or one of our friends will will make a sort of stencil and an outline and then that's we provide paint and brushes for people to kind of fill in so it's kind of like painting by numbers but elevated a little bit without that same sort of structure and sometimes people draw silly things on it and you know steve was here um, but for the most <laughs> part like people are quite it's it's i love watching it like i love doing these art collabs because we'll usually have a volunteer who's there to kind of help people just even just say, yeah, you know, just paint. You want to paint? And you'll see people stood there sort of not sure and hesitant. Mm. And then they'll kind of get the brush and so I can't paint. Neither can I, man. Just fill in this little bit and don't, you know, pick a color that you like and color it in. And then you've got, you've got kids, you've got um, adults, you've got people from all different walks of life sharing an enjoyment of an artistic expression that they probably don't, get the permission to do normally so that mm-hmm. kind of stuff's really cool um you know we we have workshops like all day so we have breath work and meditation and uh yoga and then there's other kind of more specific ones where if you want to take a deeper journey into a kind of spiritual side of life um the workshops that um danny who facilitates and organizes all our workshops really there's so much choice there's so much stuff you can do um 
and it allows people maybe a glimpse of, of something the same way it's giving permission because mm. it can be intimidating to try new things. Like yeah, personally, sure. I would find it intimidating to go to, um, say, a breathwork class or like, a, you know, a guided meditation and breathwork. Now I'm quite into it. I've spent a lot of time around um, this kind of stuff and I am less afraid of the language around these things. But I know a lot of people that are still kind of put off and you maybe wouldn't go to a yoga studio or somewhere and, and sign up for a class. But if you can have a little dabble, you can kind of dip your toe in. Mm. You know, you're at a festival, there's like a load of people doing it. You can go and have a look and say like, oh, that looks kind of cool. And you can just sort of, you don't have to pay, you know, all the workshops are free. It gives people a sort of opportunity to see different ideas presented to them in a kind of safe way. Yeah, it's like all barriers down. Yeah. It's like to make something as easy as possible for you to consider. It's kind of really on offer at a festival when you think about it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we have we have the home stage, which is always has and always will be spoken word and art and poetry and sort of a non-musical stage, as it were. I mean, sometimes some, yep. some singing performances, but we have like improv theatre and stand-up comedy and then speakers from... We had a, a, a Thai LGBTQ activist speaking about the challenges that, that she faces and, and that, you know, people within that community in Thailand face. And so it's very important for us to try and open doors for other people um, that, that align with, with our values of just everybody's equal, everybody has a right to be as they are and express themselves freely and openly. And if, if we can just provide a little bubble of that for a weekend. And, you know, one thing that I still find, I'm always surprised now at how I was never one for, for, for kids generally. I sort of didn't really have my, much um, exposure to them. I'm from a small family, like we didn't have, you know, kids around growing up. And so now to, to have a festival where the kind of family-friendly aspect is like really important to us. We, you know, we always build like a kid's play area and um, there's a family camping so people can bring their kids and stay for the weekend. Um, yeah, nice. It's really nice, yeah. And I, was, I still kind of think, wow, like I don't... I've flashed back to like Download Festival 15 years ago. <laughs> I think probably wouldn't take my kid there. <laughs> a little bit different. Um, but well, it's, you probably it's, think really differently even about, like, the concept of kids and just having them around yeah. you, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, I still, I'll still i take a puppy over a child uh, any day. But <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like you'd be more like dogs and cats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I treat small children like puppies. Focus. I just kind of wave a toy in front of them like, hey, buddy, how's it going? But it seems to work. So um, Yeah, they're like, oh, something's shaking and yeah, something waving shiny. at me. Like, yeah. I'll play with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then give them back to the owner. That's the important yep. thing. Um, nice. No, I was just going to say, um, in terms of, I guess, yeah, all of those elements that are part of JITEP obviously make it what it is um, today. And I'm sure it will, will grow or evolve in, in different shapes and forms over time. Um, how has that kind of, yeah, sat or impacted with the local community? It's great to hear about, obviously, giving stage to people who have messages to communicate. Um, so is it quite, like, equal in terms of international visitors and, and the local community that come to the festival? Or, yeah, what's that kind of split? So it's certainly 
in the in the early days, it was definitely more of a sort of international crowd, um, and we're working hard to tip that balance. And, and we can see it happening. Like, you know, when we look at our attendance figures, there's a much higher percentage of Thai people attending the festival. And there's kind of different ways of integrating with the local community um, in terms of the people that would attend and perform and sort of be, be guests at the festival and also the community that are integral to kind of making it happen as well. So yeah. we, we hire locally, you know, we we want as much as possible to kind of make sure that um, we interact and integrate with the community on as many levels as possible. And that's not to say just kind of, you know, paying for services, but that's also a key part of it. Like the money that is generated through festivals is reinvested back to the, the people around us. Um, mm. And still, you know, I, I live really close to the festival site that we've used for the last three years. And I... I really like the fact that the, the people who live around it kind of know us and they're really welcoming. They really like the festival because for them it brings something different. It brings them some good revenue once a year. Um, and also we can kind of depend on them to help us out. Um, yeah. And then on the other side of that, the people that attend the festival, you know, will have, you know, Thai artists and DJs and performers and, you know, visual and, and musical artists performing and that's really important to us as well and certainly a reflection that comes in the kind of covid world as as travel and the ease of travel that we used to take for granted so long has kind of just immediately taken away it does make you reflect on kind of what that looks like going forward like jitep is going to happen in 2021 like pre-covid we'd already talked about kind of post having the festival at the end of next year rather than february which would be our usual one for a number of different reasons Mm. um one of those being kind of air quality in chiang mai because unfortunately that time of year um there's still some some issues with the air and some um it's it gets very hot as well so we thought okay we're going to put it back to the end of the year and it gives the organizers and and our crew like a break and and a bit of a change and the kind of the weather in the season is really nice. Like now it's, yeah. you know, mid-November and it's it's lovely and green and, and it's a perfect time of year for a festival. So that, we also now, we don't know what the world's going to look like. It's mm. 2020 has been insane. And, you know, yeah. we just had Jaitip in February of this year, just before it really started to kind of go. Yeah, that's nice that you managed to get it in. Yeah, just about, good little, yeah. But, good little sign-off. Yeah, it was, um, it was a little bit stressful at the time. But again, we're super grateful because so many friends and, and other organizers and events people across the world didn't get that chance. And my heart goes yeah. out to them because I know how hard it is and how much you put on the line to, to get these things going forward. Like, I never really fully appreciated just how much of a, a gamble it is to do events. Mm. And, you know, you, you put everything into it up front and it only works out when it works out. Um, yeah, it's a lot, a lot of prep for just maybe two to three days. Yeah, and, and a lot of risk. You know, to your you know. point, it's, it's, yeah, a lot of risk there. And, you know, it'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who makes it, who doesn't, what new things spring up, because, yeah, definitely been a, a swinger in terms of 2020, which no one really saw coming. Yeah. And, like, one of those things that sort of... Um, that's, that's I think about and I talk about with friends is just the the sort of especially with the UK but generally the kind of dismissal of 
the the skill and the uniqueness of of skill sets that it takes to to work in events and organizing these kind of things and to to have that kind of dismissed out of hand as like you know unnecessary or for this kind of nonsense rhetoric around just go and retrain and do something else like it's really specialized to do the things that that we and we do it as a kind of on a on a smaller scale and to to see people that their their professional undertaking is organizing events and putting on things and, and bringing art into the world and helping facilitate that that is a very difficult job that not a lot of people can do so i hope that through these conversations as well people will appreciate because i certainly do much more now just how challenging and difficult it is and how we art and culture and, and expression and, and all these things they're integral to the human experience it's it's mm. fundamental okay you can go and work in a bank work in a pharmacy and you kind of do whatever it is and there's no I'm not dismissing those things because these are, are functions of society that are essential but it would be a very poor world if it didn't have art and all these you know these things sort of brought into it and to have that kind of dismissed as oh well anyone can do that you yeah. come and run a festival like see how you get on um it's really <laughs> quite hard but yeah i've sort of rambled off the point but um certainly we're having more and more um thai people uh, interested engaging and attending the festival and that's something that's really important to us we want to keep leaning into that we have more and more thai people on our sort of on our crew and our organizing sort of team um like I say, everything is it's that's always put first for us like how can we yeah. make this more interesting for thai people how can we um and not be condescending and not sort of then still maintain your artistic integrity and values and present things in a way that's accessible um mm. because thailand is is currently like i don't know how much exposure this gets on the media but there's a kind of there's a real strong engagement from the kind of younger generation and students who are politically active and engaged and interested in a different way of living um and that is a demographic that we kind of resonate with and connect with um you know certainly to say like you don't have to live a conventional life you don't have to do everything you're told in the manner in which it's presented to you and again like jitev isn't you know we're not changing the world but we're trying to play our part and we're trying to sort of show that an alternative lifestyle whatever form that might take whether it's a reformed metalhead or you know somebody who doesn't fit normal societal boundaries of of uh, sexuality or or identity whatever those kind of labels are you can peacefully connect and coexist and have a really good time still work hard and work with integrity and and live to your values but that aperture can be much broader than it's originally presented in the kind of mm. conventional ways um and i think festivals and our festival we hope to just to keep keep helping people widen that lens um and even if it's not for everybody it's still an integral thing of like you can do the things that you enjoy to do everybody has the right to do that everybody has the right to express themselves however they choose to just as long as you don't harm or impact anybody else negatively yeah have at it go have fun you know like do what you need to do and and kind of choose your own adventure like choose your best life like that's subjectively different for everybody and i'm really mm. grateful that we found a little pocket where um the the people that we 
connect with in the community that we have here, we found our little bubble. Um, and we want to welcome people into it because we think it's really awesome. Um, right, join our adventure. Yeah. We've got, a li- we've got a kind of path we want to go on. We're fathoming it out as we go, but we reckon you'll have a good one if you come along. Exactly. <laughs> and then it's also like a nice way to promote our values. You know, so mm. like, like we said at the outset, myself and Lindsay work in animal welfare. Other members on our, sort of in our community, they work in non-profits in, in different um, areas. You know, we have like artists, creative, we have people working in charities, people working developing with software like all the whole spectrum of different things but we you know at JITEP we have a very strong environmental and sustainability policy so we focus really hard on upcycling minimal waste like we don't have any single use plastic on site we don't use straws we have reusable cups like all these kind of things that um, and giving free water as well like drinking water should be free it's a basic yeah, human agree. right to us. You know, we, we, and like, we spend a lot of money providing drinking water for people, but that's just, that's a values choice, you know? Mm. Like, we're not going to make people buy water. That just seems crazy. Um, and are things like that quite different? You know, like, given, I know we're from the UK originally, um, and I don't know, I feel like there's probably festivals that do give free water, but there's a heck of a lot of, I remember back in the day, there's a lot of water bottles being sold. Um, but in terms of that and the landscape in Thailand, is it, has, it, has it been challenging trying to create a festival? Was there any kind of, um, yeah, like hurdles that you had to overcome to kind of get the community or like get approvals in place? And is things like sustainability, forgive me because I haven't actually been to Thailand, but is it quite sort of uh, groundbreaking and new comms for people who might be in Thailand and go into JITEP or is it quite everywhere because sustainability messaging is pretty prominent in Australia it's not completely there but more and more now it's becoming very very important and more prevalent and I just wondered where you're kind of at in terms of that scale for Thailand yeah, it's a good one because you know we've been here ten years now, so we've really seen a lot of a lot of change. But there's still a huge amount to go. Like this, the normalization of of plastic use and single single use plastics and bottled water because you can't drink the water from the taps here. You have to yeah. kind of pay. But there's there's filtered water available. We have kind of like uh, machines that you you know in the street where it's like a reverse osmosis filtration, or you can have it delivered to your house. Right. We bought a water filter that we kind of put in the house. Um, it's, but it's a long way to go. Certainly yeah. with plastic bags, like, oh, I think last year, there's a real strong move for like a lot of the major supermarkets to not use single use uh, plastic bags with every purchase. You know, 7-Eleven, which is a big chain store over here mm. and a couple of the other supermarkets are phasing them out, which is great, but it's still a long way from where it needs to be. Like uh, when you go to events, generally here you it will be plastic cups with a straw it's still super yep. common um even the plastic cups that are sort of degradable it's it's again it's one of these kind of um it's like a a checkbox is ticked but in reality the the way that those are disposed of and recycled is you need a kind of specialist recycling plant to kind of take care of those 
and they don't. That doesn't happen. They just go into landfill, and then they yeah, end up okay. in the ocean. You know, we lived in the south of Thailand on an island for two years, working at a charity. And in in the kind of monsoon season, when the tides change, go to the beach every day, and there's just huge amounts of plastic waste. Like it's mm. insane. So we do beach cleanups. We try and be involved as much as we can. But you're kind of, you know, it's like you're kind of bailing Never out. Battle. Yeah, kind yeah. of using a teaspoon to empty a bath. Um, so it's it's difficult because there's also a sort of an, an amount of normalization of and kind of worry around hygiene. You know, like a single-use plastic bottle is touted as being cleaner and safer and mm. um it's not necessarily true in the kind of post-COVID world as well that there is definitely a need for, for hygiene and safety and kind of, you know, protecting yourself and other people from, from viruses and things like that. But the kind of upswell of, of plastic use has now been massive. I mean, I feel like, this is my personal opinion, but I feel like that problem surpasses most problems happening in our, on our planet. And it's like, even... You know, in Melbourne, we're out of lockdowns now, and 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 I know that you know, COVID has happened and it makes people fearsome. But it's like we're out of restrictions. We've not got any like live cases. It's a case of when you've got to have that point where you go. Actually, we need to revert back to what we were doing, and then even go stronger on it because there's been like this whole period of probably like seven eight months i've forgotten what the time is now that if we were in lockdown it's just ridiculous <laughs> pretty much the whole of the year and it's like all of that time you know all the great work that had been done with keep quotes completely removed and it's like you know we're just taking backward steps so yeah it's it's a hard one in terms of sustainability and you know even to your point thailand might not be there australia is not there but you know i think festivals are that that amazing place to introduce people to new ways of you know being and functioning without having loads of plastic and making people more conscious about actually you can go and apply that now in your everyday life kind of thing yeah and what i will say is that like chiang mai is a very liberal and sort of progressive city generally and so there are really there's a lot of people doing permaculture projects and organic sort of farming and, and these kind of things i mean there's still there's a degree of disconnect at some points we have an organic vegetable place nearby, which is a, like a royal a royal project where all the, the fruits and veg are grown organically, employs local people. Like, it's awesome. Everything comes in plastic with a rubber band on it. And you're like, oh, you're doing so well, you know. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's incremental change, right? It's the thing I'm not... There's, there's no judgment because the UK doesn't has a lot of, of, of failures. Um, at, like, globally, it's this kind of bizarre attitude that like coronavirus has made people kind of freak out about their inevitable mortality because it's been presented front and center as like an immediate mm. threat to the human population but the way that we interact with our planets i'm going to get off my soapbox in a minute but, the, but like that is an existential threat the way that we discard and and dismiss everything because we don't see it it's this kind of mad thing of like humans need to have things right in front of them to understand it and so then to counter that thing like you say if if you can say to people like you don't need to use this single use plastic like you don't need to it's it becomes a different habit to take take a bag with you and to take a cup it's not that hard to stick 
And no. so when we have, you know, what we want to do for people is to make that accessible. So when you come to Jai Tip, you know, you have to use a reusable cup. And so, we'll, you know, we have different like ones that we'll sell. Some We had bamboo ones, which are cheaper. We have metal ones, which are a little more, but you can keep those. You, know, you take them with you and sort of take them back into the world. Um, same for water bottles and free water. And then all of the, the food vendors that come, we have a, like, you know, a spectrum of food on offer. And we want to make sure that people, you know, can eat kind of what they want to eat. But we also have an underpinning ethic of sustainability that broadens out to our food choices so we try mm-hmm. to get locally sourced food as much as possible we always it's mandatory that every food v- vendor has a vegan option like so yeah, nice. we're not trying to push that message although i'm definitely trying to push that message like um, <laughs> but just to provide that option and say you know you yeah. can eat really tasty vegan food it comes on a disposable plate or a banana leaf with with cutlery that biodegrades you know it's not that hard and to make people it's presenting an easy choice of something that's good so Mm. if you say to somebody if you're wagging a finger and telling them they're doing it wrong they're just going to shut down they're not going to listen nobody wants that but if you say well you can have a burger at a festival which tastes as good as this other burger it's like no animals were harmed in the making of this burger and it comes on a banana leaf and you can go like wow this tastes really good like i'm having a nice time my beer's in a cup you know like we're not the fun police. It's just that you can have fun and still be responsible and l- tread more lightly in the world. Mm. Like again, that, it's that. It. Yeah. It's reducing that barrier to entry because, yes. again, if you mm. went, every meal had to be vegan, people would be like, oh, God, am I going to have to stress out because I love to eat a piece of meat every now and again. Yeah, they'll be smuggling sausages in and everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you would definitely <laughs> have some pork chops down, down trousers for sure. <laughs> But it's like, again, just by giving them that option of, you know, it's there consistently to give you the option to make that choice or try that, try that new thing. Um, it's making it more accessible. And that's, that's what everything is about, right? It's making change accessible because the more accessible it is, the more likely you are to try it, do it, enjoy it, and then continue it. Yeah, absolutely. And like, we we do some small events we do, we've done like uh, some markets and christmas markets and like, like one day parties and pool parties things like that kind of throughout the year within our community the same ethos applies so we will never use like polystyrene food boxes like we'll always have free water we always have reusable cups and now that's become sort of people know now at least people that are regular and are sort of connected with jitep it's it's ingrained almost and we also try and enable that to make it easier like we we have these really nice they're called no-no bags um they're like it's like a sort of reusable shopping bag that's made by um it's used from recycled materials it's a really nice local company called flying squirrel hammocks where they employ local hill tribe people to make these things and so you have a nice jitep branded little stuff uh, it's like a, it has a little stuff sack so you can carry this little bag around with you when you go shopping or whatever else and it's yeah, another wicked. barrier removed and also mm. it's nice kind of nice ethical merchandise that supports local people helps us out just kind of little bits like that you know it's always these little step forwards um, mm. and it can still be pleasant for people you know it's yeah. it's it's good I mean it's interesting when you see how people interact with these kind of things um, and we it's it's important to us to just normalize things that it's not abnormal but if somebody's not exposed to it 
it will feel a little bit weird at first. But if you make it like safe and easy. Tip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the yeah. first time. Oh, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. Out. And, you know, it's kind of, and then you see you, what's amazing is, and I, you know, for the most part throughout the festival, I'm kind of doing a lot of like logistics and working stuff out and kind of, you know, problem solving, like you say, but I'm very much on mm. the practical sort of side of things. That's how my brain and my kind of skill sets work. So fixing things like refilling bars, I do all the kind of like, you know, the behind the scenes work that, that facilitates other people having a good time. That's where I'm at. I should yep. try and go and see some bands sometimes. Like I definitely remember last time I was like re- refilling a bar and watching a band and that was kind of cool. I was like, oh, I'm actually getting to see... Like, this was the punk band that I was thinking of um, watching those guys play. But it's... Um, I get so many compliments and people saying, like, just so much positive feedback um, throughout the event and, like, before and around and, like... And, like, the rest of our team do as well. It's so nice to get this kind of overwhelming surge of positivity and appreciation and people... Similar to my kind of journey through JITEP like at first I'm like oh wow that's a lot of tie-dye what is going on like it's a little overwhelming and then you're like actually people are like super nice it's really safe and as you kind of settle and sort of let your let your guard down a little bit and realize like the stories that you tell yourself and the labels that you attach to yourself are nonsense really it doesn't really yeah. matter um, everybody's just trying to live a peaceful happy life as best they can um, and then you get people just gushing with uh, positivity and just like, oh, this is like so cool. I've never been to anything like this. It's the best thing. Um, it's like a, it's a, it's like a cure-all for tiredness as well. You know, whenever you're flagging, yeah. if somebody says something nice to you, you're like, oh, thank you. Yeah, did today. Pick me up. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. What it's, have it's, been? Um, on that kind of having a bit of a pick me up what's been your highlight so far oh that's a good question if you've Um, got one and can have a few yeah I think the 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 residual the residual impact for me is a sort of like one of those slow burn highlights where I'm just like this has exponentially improved my experience as a human and made Mm. me more connected and empathetic and understanding with other people like that's one of those kind of simmering slow burn benefits where I'm like, I just get a little bit I think I've kind of taken my own medicine a little bit. I just have a little bit more jitep yep. every day. Um, <laughs> there's a bit less frustration. There's less impatience. You know, there's just more appreciation of, of uniqueness and art and expression. Um, and just people who show up all the time, like your friends who just, you know, it's hard, you know, they're tired, you know, they've got no money and they still show up and they still work hard and you're last just amazing to me like to, to connect with that group of people and, call, and have them as my friends and have the privilege to work with them on a thing we all really care about even if it drives us up the wall sometimes like that's amazing I mean I find it fascinating just being able to like connect with all these different people within the community and hearing their stories because everybody in some shape or form is giving a part of themselves in order to make an experience enjoyable for somebody else and I think that in itself is just so amazing that there's this community and everyone is interconnected in you know very different weird and wonderful ways and yeah it is that the people are what make it magical both the people who are guests that come 
and create the vibe and the people that, you know, have the vision and, and bring it to life. So, it, yeah, I mean, it, it's a festivals are this, like, epic... Um, I've said it before, but a cauldron is probably not the right word. But it's like, like a mind pocket. meld. Yeah. yeah. I know what you mean, though. Yeah. Of people. And it's just like this like stirring of magic, which I think is just epic. Yeah. And, you know, this, the, yeah, that's sort of so well put. And, like, you know, the sort of tagline um, for, for Jitep is art, music, magic. And I think magic is the, it's like you just say, it's, that's that kind of like sort of little special ingredient, you know, that you can't really define, but it wouldn't be the same without it. Like, and it, yeah. it covers Creates so many different things. That's, yeah. You can't hold it, you can't touch it, you can't encompass it in, in really full sentences so magic's probably the closest word that you can get to encompassing it absolutely um and i think a personal like a personal highlight that's a specific one was um so this year just gone i actually i i gave a talk at the home stage and i'd promised and failed to do that for the last two years i was like yeah i'll do it yeah i'll do it and then i'd be like oh the the toilet's broken i need to fill a water tank i'd just run off somewhere and go do something else and this year, I was like, no, I'm on the bill. Like, what? It's like Sunday afternoon. I'm on the schedule. I'm going to have to do it. Um, and it was one of those where it's something that I've harbored a sort of, like, you know, I, I can I can prattle on for hours on end at the best of times. But to actually speak with purpose and intention, that's a bit more challenging. Um, and it's something that I wanted to do. And my, my friend Ray, who runs and organized the homestead, he kind of held me to account with this. He was like you have to do this like you have to talk we're gonna listen you do it and to, you know to, to his credit he kind of nudged me in the right direction and um i did this talk i didn't really know what i was going to say until it started which i mean i had, I had a, a vague sense but it was one of those i i don't often i mean I, i've experienced kind of flow states at different interludes in my life but that was one where i was sat on this stage i was so nervous and I, I could just see you know this kind of like amphitheater of, of friends and people that I, you know a lot of people I knew a lot of people that I didn't and this sort of I don't know the spirit moved me you know something like I just kind yeah. of spoke and things came out and um it was it was like a, a release of kind of fear and anxiety and like an honest expression of kind of where I was at and um I kind of felt this flow state I don't really remember most of what happened I remember crying a bit crying a lot um especially as, as my wife I saw one of my friends in the crowd who was just like you know um he was like tearing up and I said oh god dude I can't look at you like he's also a guy from Manchester sat <laughs> crying and looking all like adoringly at me I'm like oh mate you're gonna set me off um and just then you know to sort of have that and then throughout the sort of the rest of the afternoon and evening people coming up to me you know, because I sort of spoke about my upbringing and where I was at and like a more in-depth and kind of heartfelt account of, of what got me from there to here. Um, and people are just like, oh, I like that. Like, I really related to what you said. Like, this, uh, like, thanks so much. That was really moving and this and that. And that was really brilliant, you know, to actually not just facilitate the kind of behind-the-scenes work, but to actually sit on a stage at the thing that I worked hard for, surrounded by people that I care about, just being able to speak yeah like, showcase your voice yeah it was um yeah that was that was a profoundly sort of 
impactful moment for me. Amazing. Yeah, that's cool. like, yeah. But, well, there's probably not many people who run festivals who've probably done that, and you know, I'm not someone who probably shies away from public speaking. Um, I probably become a bit of a, a bit of a showman, but um, I think it, there's something about not. Everyone always says like prep, 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 and you should prep, prep, prep when you're really someone who can't combat nerves. But there is definitely something about kind of ad-libbing and being in that moment and just expressing how you feel and it being able to come out because sometimes that is the most like raw and authentic expression that can come out in words. And it is often, I think, what connects the most with people as well when they're just like, that's really real like you can tell it's just come from the heart come from the gut and it's all spilled out and I guess yeah I kind of feel like the the world is sort of like that and that you kind of need to hear from other people you need to hear their perspectives and the journey that they've gone on to feel less alone even if someone's not had exactly the same journey as you And and I hope that you know sharing stories and sharing perspectives like this I know from a few people who sent messages are like oh that really resonated with me or this helped me kind of capture this feeling back or remember why I do what I do and stuff like that it's like through sharing more of ourselves we can all kind of I guess learn to love ourselves a bit better or understand ourselves a bit better and it's just yeah it all comes down to communication and expression and that's what festivals are all about yeah, no, I think that's really well said. Um, I'd, I'd add that kind of vulnerability and, and authenticity mm. is one of those things that is kind of, especially in like, you know, we both grew up in the north of England. Feelings are, <laughs> feelings are Not just really like, thing. no, As like, much. you know, tea, <laughs> drink tea. If anything's going wrong, do you want some tea? And yeah. you're like, oh, well, yeah. that's tea kind of like. Tea solves everything. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but like an honest expression of, of, of vulnerability and feelings to me, I did not do that for a very long time. Um, and I think that was to my detriment. And I see that now in other people where they're kind of like burying stuff and bottled up. And I'm not saying that we should be gushing out all our deepest, darkest secrets to people we meet on a train because I've done that and they get really uncomfortable. Um, oversharing sometimes an issue. (laughs) There's gotta be a balance. TMI. Yeah. Um, (laughs) but I think, the more that you start to do it, the more that people, just like you just really well summed up, like most people are just kind of worrying their way through life half the time. And when you hear somebody else express that like, this was hard and this was Mm. this, and I felt like this and like, it's not, life isn't an Instagram picture. Like we're not a glossy kind of polished version. Like Jitep, you know, you look at the pictures on Facebook and Instagram, it's this beautiful, radiant, happy, lovely place takes a lot of work to get to that point and that is the end result and that is beautiful and that's but the, there's also beauty in the hardship that it takes to get you there and just mm. like with humans and the, the way that we express ourselves to each other like i'm a sum total of all my experiences and failures and mistakes like to get me to this point and i'm glad for all those things like if i hadn't struggled and and had so you know all the difficulties that i had faced and again fully acknowledging my privilege as a white male like it's not that hard but pain can be subjective and there's stuff that's hard and it gets you to a point where you say it's okay to admit that life was hard and these things but it's what you do with those hardships and where you go after that that's important and I think that's one of those things with like say with festivals like with with Jitep for me personally and specifically 
there's, so, there's such beauty at the end of it. It can be a long, hard road to get there, and then you get there and you see all these people just enjoying themselves and like and, and being safe and feeling loved and feeling welcome. And it's restorative. And then in mm. that moment, the, you, you don't forget the things that happen to get you there, but they don't have to hold power over you. You can be yeah. like, oh, I'm so glad all that happened because that got me here. Um, and maybe that, maybe Jaitet, maybe seeing somebody speak, maybe seeing, you know, like, I don't know, some like these conversations and the way that we tell stories about our experience, if that resonates with one other person, it instigates something for them. Right. Then you've done a good thing. It's kind of paying it forward, right? Yeah, exactly. It's all about, yeah, just sharing and and that's how you have connection, whether you've met that person or not. You know, just hearing something can, can have an impact on, on others, which is fascinating. It's, yeah, it's humans are fascinating in general um oh it really is like that yeah like it, it, i was just thinking when you you know it's like watching a movie right and you know it's a fictionalized account of something and you're still getting upset like I, oh i was devastated oh, yeah. Like, I so upset. yeah and it's this <laughs> this innate empathetic response that humans have that is deep in us like this is why it's collectively we thrive and that's why sometimes i find it so frustrating and and a little disappointing when like we are innately empathetic like i believe everybody is innately good and so the way that you kind of dismiss you know the way that animals are treated the way the planet's treated the way that we treat each other i mean there's awful abuses of, of people and not to kind of mm. to go from that sort of happy uplifting thing and take it down a beat but i think people need to reconnect with their their compassion and their innate goodness like it's in people but we've been battered by expectation and society and money and pressure to kind of do another thing but it takes you away from that route which festivals i i feel like help you reconnect with they're just like we're all kind of weird we're all in it together mm. everybody just wants to be loved everybody wants to feel safe um and everybody has that right like everybody yeah. is equal um and, and yeah, deserves sure. that that choice animals as well right they're sentient aware beings that enjoy freedom and, and safety in their lives. Um, mm. I think the pressures of society, they, they almost like pressure, put people into this pressure cooker where they're then almost they feel forced to like have a negative reaction to people or re just react to people. Like even when I think about COVID, right, there's been such division right in terms of the narrative or like you know when you look at some of the I mean I switched out from the news a very long time ago but I remember at the beginning just looking at the division of like commentary from users like going at one another about topics and it's like we all get it's very quick for everybody to get just about me and about self and forget about everybody else and I think that's where festivals are this like reset for people in the you kind of you do go there as an individual and you'll obviously go on a journey about self but you're almost like not forced but encouraged and welcomed into this like way of being where it is all in unison with everybody and you're a collective and you mm. can't really I don't think you can go to a festival and feel alone and feel like you're on your own like you're always going to feel like there's someone there to talk to or there's somebody like you or we're going to do something together or we're experiencing something at the same time you know whether it's a beat or whatever it could be and it's like I think just the everyday world makes us all get really like in our own little box and you know I mean I can do it at the best of times and you go you have to catch yourself and you go whoa 
actually check yourself like think about the bigger picture um and it's just the pressures of the world that pushes pushes and pulls into these kind of not our best state shall we say yeah i agree and i think that's that's evident when you see like like we talked about a little earlier the kind of dismissal of of people who do arts and events and and music Mm. and that kind of I mean, it's more specific to the UK because that's where my context lies, but that kind of, like, governmental dismissal of, yeah. of that whole sector, like, this is what deepens our experience, you know? Like, this is... Life isn't just about going through the motions, paying your taxes, paying your bills. It is if you're in government, I guess. Um, but, but I'm sure they consume art and music and, exactly. and things in, in shapes and forms. They'll be enjoying it. So it's like, you can't just enjoy something and not respect it and and who puts the graft in to make that happen yeah because that's that 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 deeper root of just consumption right like Mm. you know it's the same with the festival like you we we put a lot of work and energy and time and investment into something that's going to last for for a weekend but it's deeper than that. Like, the intention there is that, like, that the resonance of that experience, like, that stays with you. And then you do, we try and do as much as we can to mitigate the kind of waste that goes into it. You know, we want mm. it to be, you you know, it's it's a short window of, of time, but you hope that the impact and the radial sort of impact of that goes on for longer. And I'm certain that it does. You know, yeah, I'm adamant so. that it does. Um, massively in agreement on that what does the future hold have you got a future vision is the things that you want to do with Jitep that you haven't done yet that you're happy to disclose oh some insider secrets um yeah, insider like, secrets or like manifesting it you know put it out there oh i'm gonna get my vision board up one second yeah no um <laughs> yeah oh, i love a bit of manifesting it's funny though the manifesting was something that just as a as a slight aside that i would very much take the piss out of um and i retract i was wrong i still don't you know i don't chant money mantras like i'm not quite there yet but um certainly having an idea of something and a strong belief in what you want to achieve and then working hard towards that like that's my version of manifesting i think that's yeah integral like i think you can live an artistic beautiful life should you choose and that doesn't have to be like I'm creative in in way I like I can't draw anything like I can draw a bath <laughs> uh, just about but I still need help but it's different ways of creative expression like problem solving is creativity like yeah. herding cats you know like literal cats and hippie cats like that is a challenge that requires like creativity for the future like one thing that we did with JITEP that's important to us is we supported some local charities um, last year more so because this year was more difficult with we had a few less people than we'd hoped with COVID um, mm. but we supported some local groups that work on forest restoration um, and animal work so we kind of we we picked three local charities uh, to support and just you know gave what we could um, one was an animal welfare group uh, one was uh a non-profit that supports boys who end up working in like the sex industry and another was an environmental group that does reforestation and kind of works against um, forest degradation in Chiang Mai all of these things are kind of like important to us so what we what we'd love to do for JITEP is to keep leaning into that like we want yeah, to nice. help reinvest with charities in our community like we always offer 
um, a platform for local charities to come to the festival. They can have a booth and set up for free. Like we, we, we always have a, an allocation of space for nonprofits to come and even if it's just to advocate for their work um, or if it's to kind of sell anything or anything like that, you know, they get a free pass to come in. It's, kind of, it's the least we can do, you know. Um, yeah, nice. And so we, I mean, we would love to have a permanent site that we can kind of call home and we can start to to build and develop that site to use kind of year round. That would be brilliant because at the moment, you know, we, we, we rent the, the property that we have for the six weeks, kind of the build and the breakdown of the festival. But it would be really lovely for us to, to be able to grow a site and be able to have more workshops and things where we can kind of advocate for our, our way of living, as it were, and educate mm. people incrementally throughout the year and have a space to host events and other things like that. Um, so that would be a future goal, like a permanent yeah, sort of great. site would, would be great. Um, so, yeah, any um, generous benefactors listening, if you've got the urge to buy us a bit of land in, in Chiang Mai, I'll give you my email. Um, yeah, there you go. Yeah, Putting it out shameless there. Shameless plug at the end, manifesting. You never know who's um, listening. Yeah. And it's that's the thing. I mean, that, that would be something that would be really, really amazing for us going forward. But it's all still about making sure that we don't want to kind of grow into like a mega festival. That's not our intention because the intimacy and the feeling is more important. You know, the number of people that we have at the moment, about like three, three and a half thousand people across the weekend, that's good, you know, because you can always find new friends, but you can, you start to recognize people over the weekend. You know, you see familiar faces and it feels Mm. like a sort of family gathering, you know? And so we don't want to lose that. Um, We just want to keep making it more efficient, more kind of, um, yeah, just like keep, keep kind of fine-tuning and just sort of per- perfecting because we know what we do well we know where we need to improve um and just keep sort of learning and growing and and just making it better and better um yeah but it's yeah, yeah it's gonna happen well it's hopefully the november shift end of november shift will give you some maybe not new challenges but in more enjoyable weather which will be uh, yes. good for the festival and, yeah, be exciting to see, obviously, what comes out. I think everyone's going to be gagging to, to get to festivals after 2020, so I'm sure uh, there shouldn't be issues in people. I mean, I don't know what travel will be like. But, that's the thing, right? Um, yeah, I mean, and even, you know, even if that's still more challenging, um, there's, there's, it, it forces you to be creative in different ways, right, and, like, look at... Yeah. Um, the community that we have here and the sort of the ability for people to, to come from around Thailand. But 12 months in a post-COVID world is a very long time. So we're just going to wait yeah. and see. Um, but yeah, we, yeah, exactly. you know, our firm intention is, is to, to have Jai Tip in November 2021. Um, and for now, we'll just rest and relax and kind of look at what, what 2021 brings because it can't be worse than this. Surely not. No, can't be any worse. I feel like we've covered lots of topics and me and you, as we know, could jabber on for many hours on many (laughs) different topics. Yeah. One of them probably even being just tea, to be honest. Oh, Um, don't even open that door. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But is there, or are there, I should say, any wise words or keywords that you would love to finish on uh, for people in terms of, yeah, just... What's your key takeaway from festivals or your journey? 
I need a T to answer that question. <laughs> um, I think... I think the most important thing for me, and, and again, I can only ever speak to my experience, um, is to be just to be open to the possibility that you don't know everything. Like, just to find some humility in the way that you approach other people and their experiences and the things that they choose to do and be open to to learn and understand things from other people and, and specific to, to festivals and the experience throughout that. I've met, I've met so many people over the years, like, I used to work in, you know, all these, like, animal programs, which are very volunteer-driven. So we had a huge number mm. of people from all walks of life coming through. And that, to me, I think has been profoundly formative to, to know that everybody has their own subjective experience of reality and everybody is living their own experience. And you'll never understand what it's like to be somebody else, but you can be open to listen and engage with them on an equal level. They're no, like, I'm no better than anybody else. Nobody else is better than me. So that, and I have my own judgments and prejudices and, and things that I thought to be true. I had that about festivals. I used to, you know, tease about calling it a hippie festival. Um, and now I'm, you know, hippie is one of those kind of strange words. It's like, it's not really relevant. It's kind of a common phrase, but it's, I don't, what does it even mean? I mean, hippie to me in that sense would be like, like to be punk is to be hippie, to be alternative is to be hippie. It's yeah. you're just going against a conventional society because you choose to live a different way. I think that's awesome. That's something to be celebrated. Mm. And so I would say like being open to trying new experiences, trying new things, get outside of your comfort zone. So many of the things that I tried for the first time through this sort of extended community of JITEP, like different sort of physical therapies, body work, meditation, all these different practices. I was skeptical, but I was open enough to try and then they've improved my life. And now they're the things that I find myself recommending to other people more and more. Um, so yeah, listen to other people, like actually listen when they speak, be open to learn and try new things because again, it's like cliches are funny because cliches are cliches because there's truth in them, I guess. To, mm. to some degree, there's a resonant truth, like whether or not you believe in reincarnation, like this life and this experience, this, this, is, this is the one we have. This is the time that we get. Um, so don't waste it being unkind and being spiteful and being petty. Just be nice to other people. Do things that you enjoy. Uh, connect with people that enrich and empower and enable you to have the best experience of your life. And be of service to the people around you because innately that's a selfish act like the more that you're the more that you give the the more that i give and put out for other people the more enriching my experience is and so it's yep. ultimately it's it's self-serving to be nice to other people um so go to festivals make time for art don't just chase money like it's not that's not the be all and end all you need it to live i understand we live in a world where you know money enables food and shelter and those kind of things but I think if you at the very least make time for your creative and, and sort of altruistic outputs I think you'll have a much deeper experience of life and ultimately mm. that kind of like for me working in charity for years and years and years like I'm now in a position where like I kind of make I, I make my living and it's not decadent and it's not extravagant but it's more than I need and it's plenty and I'm grateful um, and I do something I care about. And, you know, it's, it's also fine to wear two hats. 
Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I think most people in the industry do. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that broadens your experience as well, you know. Um, yeah. Maybe the, maybe there's a nugget of, of wisdom in there between oh, the ramblings. Many, plenty. <laughs> ah, all right, um, you can edit it. Nah, <laughs> it's great as it is. And, and I think there's one bit in there that it is, it's almost like when you think about festivals, they're therapy. Oh, yeah. In, they're like therapy from everyday life. You know, you get to just go and work these things out and, you know, try some things, release some stuff, like prep yourself for coming out into the real world again. And so I think, yeah, having empathy for yourself and empathy for others is um, definitely a biggie that people especially need, I think, after this year. Like, you got to take it easy on yourself first and foremost. And then, yeah, the more you can look after yourself and the more you can look after others, the more we'll all work in a nice unison. Absolutely, because whatever you're going through, somebody else is going through the same thing, if not worse. Yep. You know, all the, the kind of worries and stress and fears that you have, other people have them too. Um, so, yeah, taking care of yourself doesn't mean being selfish. Mm. But, yeah, it's, it's also nice to, like, I'm excited to think of the future where it's it was easy to take things for granted. You know, I travel for my work quite often. I go to festivals, I do this, I do that. That all went away. And like this yeah. kind of like, you know, this, this new normal phrasing that's out there, like it shouldn't be a new normal. It just needs to be different. Like mm. it, it is going to be different. And everything we took for granted, we can't anymore. And so then yeah. I think you, you treasure these like experiences even more. Like you said, people are going to be gagging for a festival because it's like, oh, I should have got this one, this one, oh, should I have this, that and the other. When the Good options small. removed. Yeah. You're just like, <laughs> oh, wow. Like. Now I definitely have to go to Jitec because, like, what if there's another COVID? Like, um, well, exactly. And even if there is, and you should definitely go to Jitec anyway. Yes, definitely. Well, I hope that I get to come and experience it. I don't know whether it will be next year. Who knows the way Australia love to lock their borders? So I don't yeah. know when I'll be able to fly out of Australia. But I will definitely be visiting Jitec based You'll on. You'll be our honored guest but Aww. most welcome yeah i'd love to have you come out and uh and yeah maybe i'll see get on the mic there we go yeah <laughs> see if my hype is true you could do live <laughs> podcasting from jitep there we go there you go i can interview someone at jitep and talk about their experience yes there we go deal. it's out there, there we go you both we'll make it happen at Manifest. some point yes <laughs> yes <laughs> but yeah thank you so much it has been absolutely amazing uh to connect with a fellow northerner first and foremost and also just to really hear about your journey and everything that you do with JITEP and outside of JITEP because I think you are definitely someone who is giving a lot back to the world um so yeah power to you for that and also just for inspiring others and sharing your perspectives because as I say I think it's really important to have these conversations I don't think enough of them happen so I am very grateful, um, yeah, to being able to connect and help bring your message out into the world. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Um, and yeah, and, and thank you to you for for having the sort of the the gumption and the tenacity to to bring these conversations out. Like a lot of people could say, oh, you know, I need more of this in the world, and they just don't actually do anything about it. So you know, mm. thank you well, to we you can for thank COVID for that. For doing it. Well, there you go. There you okay, go. see. <laughs> 
Always a silver, silver lining, lining right? Silver lining in everything. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, oh, no, yeah, thank you, really thank good. you so much. Um, I think that's a wrap. Brilliant. Hi, I'll go and get the kettle on. Time for a tea. Gagging for a tea. Thanks for tuning in to Creative Connectors. Hopefully you enjoyed the chat. If so, please subscribe, share with friends, support the community and tune in to the next one.